0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
1: This is Tribeca Film Festival Live from WNYC. I'm Rachel Neal.
2: And I'm James Ramsey.
1: All festival long, we've brought you exclusive coverage of the talks and panels with some of the biggest names in film today.
3: We've heard from the likes of Gus Van Zandt, Courtney Love, and Janine Garofalo about
4: some of the projects that have fans most excited.
1: And speaking of exciting new projects, Tribeca has given us an advanced screening of USA Network's new, well, I don't actually think we should say.
5: What I'm about to tell you is top secret. There's a powerful group of people out there that are secretly running the world.
3: He's talking about us, Rachel. Shh.
5: I'm talking about the guys no one knows about, the guys that are invisible. The top 1% of the top 1%, the guys that play God without permission. And now I think they're following me.
3: Well, we got one part right.
1: That thing about us being invisible and no one knowing who we are?
3: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, that might be true, but do you know who everyone does know? Who? Christian Slater, who stars in this new techno-thriller Mr. Robot about an underground hacker group that takes on the Illuminati-like CEOs of multinational corporations.
3: After a screening of the series premiere of Mr. Robot, the show's creator and stars are sitting down for a live panel at the Tribeca Film Festival. Let's listen in. Hey, thank you. Um, My God, that's a great pilot. Like, I think one of the best pilots I've ever seen. I'm so excited uh, to talk to you guys. Um, And also, congratulations. A hand to the people um, who've put together all the panels for this festival. I I had no idea they were like... (laughs) Three dozen panels—they must be exhausted. But congratulations to you guys. Um, uh, again, congratulations to the creative team beside um, behind this. Um, I'm going to welcome uh, them all to the stage. Sam Esmail, the creator. Man. He plays Elliot Rami Malik. As you guys come up, just wave. Hi. He plays Mr. Robot, Christian Slater, Whoa. as Angela, Portia Doubleday, Hacker Darlene, Carly Chaikin, and Tyrell Martin-Wallstrom. Um, I, I wanted, I think, do you guys all have your own mic or are you sort of sharing. sharing. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, Sam, I'm going to start with you. The, um, you, you. You started this as, as a film. What, what was the process by which it became uh, the pilot?
4: I think I was on I was a, page ninety, and I wasn't even halfway through Act <laughs> One. So I was like, oh "This, this could be a TV show, just because it's not going to be a movie." Um, and you know, I, 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 part of it was the character just wound up being a lot you know, bigger than I anticipated when I started writing the feature and the character. You you mean
3: physically bigger or? (laughs)
4: Uh, No, no, mentally, because he's got some issues, as you saw in the pilot. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it just became uh, a lot to immerse, you know, and it's too much for a feature, I think.
3: And so uh, did you go, did you turn the pilot into USA just fully formed, fully baked?
4: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a I had a full pilot, and because I knew where it was going, I actually had a full season, first season planned out, um, which is basically what would have been my act one of the feature.
3: <laughs> how many How many seasons do you have planned out?
4: I would say, I mean, I don't have them all planned out in detail, but I think it's only going to be you know if we if we you know hopefully four four or five.
3: And the the idea of taking control from the 1% and giving it to the 99%, when, when did that gestate in your head?
4: I, I, you know, I've always been like this kind of, you know, one, you know those typical angry teenagers in love with <laughs> Holden Caulfield and whatever. And you just always want you to you fight the system. But I have to say, I mean, I grew up 90, in the 90s, you know, in the last 15 years, it's just become so corrupt. Um, You know, the financial meltdown. um, And I just I just think that there's a certain anger that um, I I think it's very timely. I think it's part of like our society right now that there's not really, uh, you know, even with the Occupy Wall Street movement, there really hasn't been a lot of change in that aspect of society. So.
3: And and when you when you told NBC Universal that this is uh, you know basically Comcast. a show about yeah basically basically a show about taking down corporate America, no one there said not a good idea.
4: Uh, no, as long as they can make money off of it, I think they're cool with it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, yeah, they they're, they're gonna win again. Yeah. Rami Malik, congratulations. Thanks, man. Thank you guys. Thank you. So how, how much did you know about Elliot while you were filming the pilot?
5: Well, I was, I've, quite a bit. I mean, I'm still figuring it all out and learning more each day, but, I, you know, I knew a lot about him. I, I knew how, right off the bat, incredibly complicated he was. I mean, it's like Christian says in the pilot, he's in, imprisoned, and uh, he's really, obviously, you see, he's smart, he's lonely, He's grieving, very complicated. And he uh, still somehow finds a way to persevere. And that strikes me about him. I think that's something that everybody can relate to. hes I don't know if hes a, he feels like a, a hero in an unlikely way sure. in an uncertain time.
3: The, I have to ask you about um, the first scene. Pilots are so difficult to do. And usually they're not nearly as good as as the rest of the show, and this one, this one's pretty extraordinary in that it's so interesting, yet so economical, and in the first scene, one of the most difficult things about them is actors have to give an awful lot of exposition about who their character is during the show, and that first scene with Ron, you give a lot of information, But it's so nicely written and so nicely acted that you don't feel it and you never, the tension never lets up. But I just, I have to ask what, how difficult, and and, and Sam, you may want to chime in. How difficult was it to write that and how difficult was it to act and and shoot it?
5: Do you want to hear what I have to say? (laughs) (laughs) It was my least favorite day on set, I'll tell you that. It was... It was incredibly difficult. It was—it was, it seems twice as long written, and we we cut it, we edited it, uh, as is happening more and more often these days. Because Sam's an incredible writer, but we can't make movies every week. <laughs> um, it was just—it was for some reason it became. Uh, it, it was a difficult day. I mean, every day felt really good, but I walked away that night and I wasn't happy. But it seemed to have worked out. The tension was there, and uh it's like you said i always felt like yeah we're delivering a lot of exposition but it was it was done in in a a very clever way and and sam writes cleverly and poetically and we're all better served because we have this incredible writer
4: i mean i'll address the one thing it is a lot longer and that i hate exposition but unfortunately you have to do it otherwise people won't be able to follow and so I usually talk around it and bury it and like just have 10 million dial, you know, lines of dialogue around the exposition. And, ju- and, 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 and I think that's what feels more organic. Cause that's what happens in just day to day conversation. But like Rami said, unfortunately it becomes like a 20 minute scene and you have to, you have to cut it down. But then that's where the performance comes in and just takes it to another level.
3: And, um, uh, as, far as, as far as the tech expertise, Rami, how much did you know? How much have you had to learn? I'm
5: incredibly tech savvy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's not my forte. I'm, I'm an actor, sadly, uh not a. <laughs> no, I'm not a computer hacker, and uh, I don't claim to be one. But I'm getting better. We've, you know, been taking lessons, and uh, we had a tech advisor on set, and Sam's my own personal tech advisor every day. Telling me every time I'm doing it wrong, <laughs> so uh, it's on-the-job training, I guess.
3: I would think the tech advisor was a very hard job on this on this show. There's a lot of it. Yeah,
4: we, we had to have. We had to have multiple people. I, I you know, and we know, we don't green screen anything, which is a lot of people when they do computer screens, uh, they do that. And they just figure it out in the post. But I always think that looks fake because I want to see like the pixels on the screen um so it's a lot of prep And we had like basically a team of people creating the screen screens coding the screen you know what i mean it's it, it was it was pretty insane, but I think it just you know the authenticity of it is is really important to me so
3: um the title character mr robot <laughs> hi hi <How> are you? <laughs> so Christian, you—you've you've got your—you've—I'm—I'm assuming—I um, think I'm right. You have your your—you get a lot of pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was it about this pilot? What specifically was it about that character that you're doing?
2: Um, let's see. Specifically, uh, well, I thought it was uh, certainly a, a more mysterious character than I've had an opportunity to. Uh, Portray before. Uh, I like how things are slowly revealed in it. Um, I love the fact that it shoots here in New York. The fact that uh, F Society, yeah, I mean, come on. ah, uh, F Society, um, is it Coney Island? You know, uh, I mean, the fact that my office is right next to the Cyclone is great. Um, uh, yeah. So all those aspects, and also look the the subject matter. I thought was was certainly like Sam was saying. I mean, it certainly couldn't be more relevant. I mean, the, the president of the United States was just hacked yesterday. So uh, you know, it, it's certainly a subject that's becoming, uh, well, not becoming, but is uh, very scary and dangerous. And this sort of power in the wrong hands can be extraordinarily dangerous.
3: What do you think sets What do you think sets this particular show uh, apart from other cyber crime shows that are on right now
2: you want that
5: one okay you know just from a you know working on the character and we're all of our characters you know the things we talk about with Angela you know all the the mounting consumer debt that we all share it's it's not just about computers it's you know it's the effect that of so many things on our society classism and how technology is is it helping us to connect to one another? Is, you know, is it pulling us further apart? Will it be the demise of our society? All these things that are kind of corrupting us. So it's not just this show about technology, it's about human connection. And are are we driving ourselves further apart? Is uh is is the society we live in um driving us further apart from being able to a- exist and flourish in it because of uh the circumstances it prescribes for us. So it's heavy in in all of in that sense, but you get the hacking, and you get, as you had today, some very light, funny moments. It's very well rounded.
4: Yeah, I mean, I will also say that the, you know, I I, I also knew a lot of hackers, gr- you know, growing up, and when you watch, I'm sorry to say, but these terrible television shows and movies about hacking, the the, the they sort of try and circumvent what hacking is all about by just throwing cheesy graphics at you um, and then throwing some technical jargon that makes no sense and then they go off and be their pretty little selves in, the other, and, you know, in the other scenes. Um, and that's not what... I mean, hacking, actually, a lot of it has to do with social engineering and um, and just the subculture of hacking is just far more interesting than that. So it's actually one of the reasons that I really wanted to make, make the show. I had a passion for writing this kind of character and writing for this world, but I was also really frustrated at the way it was, it was always misrepresented.
3: Why are you hanging out with so many
4: hackers? Not anymore. <laughs> Those are the old days. Are
3: you
1: You're trouble? listening to Tribeca Film Festival Live from WNYC. Coming up after the break, more from Christian Slater about his new TV show, Mr. Robot.
3: Uh, Christian, uh, what tease us a, just tease out a little bit about without spo- i know you don't want to spoil anything but yeah. what what more are we going to learn about mr robot uh, <laughs> i know it's a tough one
2: uh, nothing
3: <laughs> uh,
2: that is a tough one i mean it, it like sam said it, it is in his uh brain all these episodes and and what the arc of the story is and uh, look the fact that you know, little bits get revealed uh, as the episodes continue, I think, is, uh, it's it's a lot of fun for me as a character and, and hopefully as an audience to find out, you know, by the end who this guy, you know, really is and, and what his true motive and agenda is. I think it'll be, a, it's a fun journey to take for me as an actor and hopefully for an audience to enjoy.
3: Um, I've, in in this role, you do this particular thing that you do especially well, which is be completely creepy and completely lovable at the same time. Weird compliment. Yeah, okay, it's a weird compliment, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's a compliment nonetheless. Thank you. Thank you um, yeah.
2: What What are you about? You, you're that's what I bring to entertainment. Creepy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Weird so topic. glad to play that role in your lives. That's
3: because you don't. You so want him to follow. Mr Robot off the subway and yet you it's because it's right. you not because of what goes on in the scene necessarily. Right.
2: Right. Yeah, you're kind of you're you're not sure. That that's one of the things that is fun about the character is you, know, you don't know if he should really be going with this guy or or not, you know, but uh, hopefully you know, the allure and you know, more sexual charm I think is what <laughs> I you
6: know,
2: try and bring to it, not creepiness. That's what really manipulates him into the the organization,
3: um, uh, Porsche.
2: Right, that was it.
3: Oh, yeah. okay. there you go. Definitely. By the way, did you all know that I'm gay? <laughs> uh, uh, no, no leave it alone. Uh, Angela, um, you you had an interesting challenge also also in the pilot in that. I'm sorry, Portia. I have a trouble separating reality from fantasy <laughs> often. Um, but you, there's one line that says that Angela and Elliot had, were childhood friends. But what you, but there's, there's, there's the, that one little clue, but in all of your scenes together, you actually have to convey that you've been friends and know each other very well for a very long time. And that's sort of all in the acting. Did you guys spend a lot of time together? Did you talk about... The relationship between those two characters.
7: Um, I don't know. I think that I mean we did like a little rehearsing before we shot the pilot, but um, not really. I think it just kind of unfolded how it did, and and uh, you know it was fun working with each other. So.
3: And what what can we expect from their relationship going forward? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What, well, maybe, what do you want to have happen to their relationship?,
7: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then you're not giving anything away oh how how should I answer this? um I don't know. I, I mean I think that they I think what's really interesting about these two characters is you know they share the same struggle. I think that they're both lonely and, and really detached, and Angela's uh really driven to want to become a part of society and get validated by being successful in the corporate world and that's how, you know, she can feel less detached and lonely. And I think the conflict there is that, you know, he's very lonely and detached in a different way and strives to, you know, either destroy or protect that. And and I, so in effect, you know, Angela kind of represents everything that he hates and yet they have this connection with each other from from childhood and and yeah, you through the through the season you get to kind of see where how that develops. <laughs>
3: what can I say? <laughs> good, that's good. <laughs> More what? than I knew. Go yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. How would you like it to turn out?
2: Oh, <laughs> I want to get busy. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah great.
3: Yeah. What else are we going to learn about? What else are we going to learn about Angela?
7: Um, I would say. What can I say? I Hope I can say this. Um. I think what's, what, what's interesting is, that, is her, you know, internal struggle. She's, she represents a lot of people that I know, like a lot of, of my friends that are kind of working in corporate America and, and what it takes to be successful and whether or not, you know, you have to compromise your morals and your integrity in order to work alongside corrupt corporations. And is that necessarily bad if it means gaining respect and power? And I think that's a huge part of her journey, kind of separating from this innocence, and um, and you know deciding whether or not she should bend to gain respect.
3: Carly, um, as what 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 are we going to learn about Darlene going forward? Um, oh, sorry.
0: Pass it down. Does this even work? Oh,
3: okay. It doesn't sound like it's working, but it does. But Okay. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Um, you know, my character is probably one of my favorite things in the entire world. People. Um, you know, and it just gets teased a little in the pilot. And like Christian said, with a lot of them, over the course of the season, more and more it gets revealed. Um, and, you know, she's... She's kind of second in command to Mr. Robot with, like, the mastermind behind all of this. And, uh, you know, I think doing this plan and bringing it to life is, like, really her passion and what she wants and is striving for. And we see her, you know, explore all that and, and be a badass and... Um, you know, she's a really fun character, and there's also like a lot of other sides to her that we get to know. And um, I love her.
3: If the if the show is a hit, she'll inspire many young women to become hackers, which I think is great.
0: Yes, yeah. I love that she, you know, to have like a female, a strong female, and women hackers, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which do exist. <laughs> right. I think a lot of times people, you know, in every hacking thing I've seen, it's always you know, the men who are doing that and I think it's a good feminine, female power house girl. Good
2: to have gender equality yeah. This,
0: uh, <laughs>
3: what kind of and what kind of prep did you have to do for for the role?
0: <laughs> well, like you know, in the pilot, I'm she's not in it that much. So for that it was a lot it was easier. But um, you know, for the season I've been I think it's been like a good opportunity to learn about hacking and to learn about, you know, all of that stuff that is so relevant in this world. And it's frickin' terrifying. Um, But I think with, you know, creating a character, luckily Sam is such an amazing writer and gives us such great material to work with that it, it makes it a lot easier. And, you know, it's just taking that text and creating something with that. Um, And so that's really been, you know, and we talked a lot about the kind of person she is and the reveals of all of that and who she becomes. And it's been fun.
3: Um, (laughs) On the, uh, Martin Wallstrom, if, if, for those who, who don't know him, he's essentially the king of Sweden. Already, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> so how how is that, I mean you've done some stuff in the states, but this is the this is the like the first series.
6: Yeah, like the first big thing in the states. Yeah. 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 How how is it so far? It's good. Better food. On, <laughs> better, oh, better food footage. on set in Sweden. We we sit in a room and have peanuts oh. before we go out to film. You get your own trailer, um, fruit, and fruit, no. But it's amazing. I mean, being a part of such such a great project, and the writing, um, I mean, the character I play is just a lot of fun. Being a being an ass on, on work, getting paid, not have to deal with the consequences. It's 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 a lot of fun. So there are, there are no.
3: Peanuts or fruit in Sweden? Is that what I'm yes,
6: hearing? Yes, there, there's a peanut, uh, peanuts and fruit in Sweden, but we don't get it on set. I mean, film. Oh. but that's, here you get it on set. Yeah, here we get oh, it on okay. set. So that's the big difference.
3: That's amazing. You got it made. Yeah. um Is is this a dumb question? Is Tyrell a good guy or a bad guy? I'd say if you ask him, he's a good guy. Okay. Because the last Period. scene made me think... You're not going to tell me anything, are you? No? This.
6: About the last scene?
3: <laughs> no. Is he a good guy or a bad guy?
6: Well, I mean... He is sort of... <laughs> yeah. Nervous. <laughs> it's gonna be, no, but he, he is... Of course, he is sort of villainous. Okay. He is. Um, but, I mean... I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing... Just taking what you want. I mean... We 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 heard Mr. Robot and and, and the pilot here talking about stealing and and well everybody steals once in a while, someone gets bamboozled. So, I think Toralys, yeah. Yeah, could be sometimes. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, I have. I guess. Uh, I guess this is a, a question for Sam. Um, the Neil Diamond song in the <laughs> about three quarters of the way through was so weird and so perfect how did you how did that choice come about I you know every
4: time a lot of times when I write I listen to music and um, that song I kept listening i don't know why it felt right yeah. music is weird because you know i I love music there are some shows that you know and I love sh- you know like for example the wire they they don't have any score and it's so weird to me because I feel like and I love the wire but I I feel like music is such an important element of the whole experience. And so when I write, music definitely influences. I always write songs into my scripts because it just helps me find that tone. And I thought for that moment when Elliot wants to revolutionize the world, Neil Diamond. It's perfect.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Yeah, it's perfect.
4: I remember reading
5: it in the script. And so I go, okay, Neil Diamond. Who's this guy? Let's check him out. Oh, wow. And then I saw this guy in like an all-white suit with his chest hair out and his hair you know, looked like it was fanned back. And I'm like, oh, God, what is this going to sound like? But as soon as I played play it, it struck a chord. I mean,
4: that, that was not true. Most people who read the script were like, Neil Diamond, really? And I'm like, it'll work, it'll work. And by the way, I had no idea if it would work. Because cause you, you say that, but then you want to see it in the scene and then... And then people, when they first saw it, they reacted kind of like, it's so weird. I'm like, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Because that's when, when it's kind of off-putting, but not, um, I guess not dis- it's not distracting, but just feels organic, then, then that's weird and organic is always great.
3: It was that's- also great. It's so, the, the show is so cool and so timely that then to have that incredibly uncool thing, <laughs> so uncool it's cool, but... It was it was a great great touch. I loved it. Thanks. Um, what about the uh, the one of the most interesting things about about the pilot is the voiceover that Elliot does, which is almost like a different character. It's it's wiser, it's bolder, it's more aware than Elliot actually is. So is that is that going to continue throughout the series?
4: Yeah, I mean. The the series the story starts with him creating this imaginary friend, who basically is us, and that's where the voiceover sort of is all motivated by. And I I always say that that is an important uh, relationship that we that Elliot has throughout the whole series. So that will definitely be a big big presence in the show.
3: It was it was very useful in the pilot when you talk about giving information and exposition. It was this incredibly clever way to do that. Thank you. Again, I don't know why it worked, but it did. Um, the, uh, I, I want to throw it open to uh, the audience now. Is that, We're going to have a, a mic going around. I want to make sure that people get caught on the mic because we're recording. I was just wondering, um, I'm an actor myself, and I follow what's going on. First of all, wonderful show. Beautiful. Thank you. What was the reason for some of the casting changes last minute? And uh, I know Mobley, the role of Mobley was being recast. And uh, what was the reason?
4: Um, like you know, they didn't have speaking parts in the pilot. And so sometimes, you know, when, you, when we cast and we get into the, you know, the last days, you know, we, we don't really get as involved as we'd like to in that process. So that's why we have to kind of do that when we go on this
1: You're listening to Tribeca Film Festival Live from WNYC. Coming up next... More from the cast and creators of *Mr. Robot*.
3: People have questions.
0: Hello, uh, my question is: uh, Are there any other cyberpunk movies or uh, books that you used as
1: inspiration for the for this TV series? And yeah, well, also for the for the, chari- for, for the uh, actors too, if they use some particular ones for inspiration.
4: <laughs> I mean that's a tough one because, like I said, it, this genre, especially in film and television, there's not there's not a lot of great stuff there. Um, however, there, you know, you know, "Girl with a Dragon Tattoo," which we were lucky to have the director direct the pilot. Um, as well, I, I I also like Fincher's um, version and "Social Network." Um, and you know, in a weird way, I kind of have. Uh, a sweet spot for the movie hackers. Hello, you okay? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there wasn't a lot to go off on. I ha- I have to admit, I would say m- those are more r- recent films. I, also, sne- sneakers and war games. If you want to go old school, those are good movies. You wanna anybody? <laughs>
3: It's a, there's a question here. While we get you the mic, I wanted to, um, I just wanted to, I wanted to ask, so the pilot was directed by Niels Ardenoplev, who yeah. did the Swedish girl with a dragon tattoo. Yeah. Um, how will, will he be doing more? I mean, it's incredibly cinematic, very tough to do on a, on a weekly basis. Right.
4: You know Nils has never really uh been- inter- i don 't think he really does episodic uh he 's kind of a pilot guy he 's shooting a pilot right now actually which is why he couldn 't be here but um yeah he he i think he really wants to be very have like a month of prep and you know all the all these things so i don 't know if he um uh, i mean he's a great guy and great director and we were all friends with him so like we'd be happy to have him but i don 't know if he'd be interested
3: is it a, is it a lot of pre- pressure though? Because you 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 have raised the bar. I mean, it's not just the directing, but the writing and everything. For the pilot, is just so strong. Um, what kind of do, do you feel pressure that you have set the bar so high for the rest of it?
4: You want to take this? Yeah, I do. Okay, go ahead.
5: Well, I'm going to compliment you. I'm going to say Sam came in and you know he's an exec- the executive producer, one of them, uh, and. Uh, he wrote the second episode, and he just directed us in the second episode. And I have to say, it you know, for me, it felt as good, or and maybe even better than the pilot. So um, I I don't think we're losing any steam. And yes, I I it was a privilege to have Nils around, but we th- these guys have hired some incredible directors, and they're going to be recurring. So it's not just people that are going to come in one week, collect a check. They're all really
3: invested,
5: and they all know, you know, we have a very short time frame to shoot this, so everybody's on their game.
3: It's good to know. The, um, where was the, does she have the mic? Yeah.
7: Hi. Uh, I found the show riveting. Great job. Uh, I'm a television producer, not for prime time, but for news and reality and whatever else comes along. Um, but I was just curious uh, how long the pilot took and what were the greatest challenges, or if you had any funny anecdotes you wanted to share
4: you're always good with anecdotes. anecdotes i mean it how long it took took yeah it was like 2 weeks and um which is a long time for a pilot or maybe that's the right time i don't know and you know the pilot was initially supposed to be 42 minutes which is not that is not what that was um i mean it was this this the script was 54 pages and you know, the first cut wound up being like 80 minutes. Uh, I mean, it it was this was a pretty ambitious project, and I think that had to do with the fact that I I'd never written TV, and I always just wrote features, so I wrote it like a feature. And I think when that the the um the produ- producing of it and the making of it was very much like we were making an indie film. Um, it felt more like that than I think a, a television show. I mean we don't do traditional I mean you saw we don't do like the traditional television coverage. I don't even know if that even exists anymore, but um but it we we try and like some scenes we do one take, you know, and it's in the wide shot or it's moving and it's all about the blocking. So um yeah. It does I would say I agree with Carly, it does feel like we're making little short films every every episode. Uh
7: my question is for Rami. Um You've been so good in these supporting roles, basically your whole career, and now you're the lead actor in a show. Had you been looking for a lead part, or were you approached by them to do this show, or I um, had, to just... <laughs> had to audition. Yeah, <laughs>
5: um, yeah. I've been I've been blessed. I, I, you know, I come in and I usually get like a sm- supporting role that I can dig into for. A couple days on a movie, or a couple of weeks on a movie, and jump in. Uh, and those characters have been really special to me. And uh, for me, Elliot felt like one of those in a, a very extended version that I could just sink my teeth into. Uh, it's been a privilege and an honor to to be the lead of this show, and uh, I'm humbled by it daily, hourly uh it's an incredible experience, and i'm just trying to give it a, as much as i can, so it's not the last time i'm elite <laughs> um, yeah i it's a great role it it's just there's so much depth to this guy i don't know you know as these as the show evolves and then you just dig deeper into who he is, I think he he's going to become a, a classic character on television. Hopefully,
3: someone here has the mic.
0: Hi, um, this is a question for Sam. Um, Sam, awesome job with everyone. We're so excited for the next episode and being the first TV show to premiere at Tribeca Film Festival. Kudos to all of you. Um, I think because we all, a lot of us live here in New York and we see the trailers of um, shows being filmed, we always want to know how did that happen. So that scene in Times Square with Elliot at the end. Was that shot at five a.m. in the morning? How long did that take? How did you orchestrate that?
4: Yeah. I mean again, it was like an indie film. I mean, we really you can't do crowd control in Times Square. Um, so if you actually watch that scene, everybody's just everybody's just staring at Rami. <laughs> we like had an hour to shoot. It was at five PM. We were everyone was, was there. Everybody we was there.
3: It was five in the afternoon. Five in the afternoon was in
4: October or November. The sun was setting quickly, so we had to like knock off all these shots before we were basically ch- chasing the sun. At that point, um, this is, goes back to what we were saying before about indie films, st- you know, film style, because it was pretty guerrilla. We had just a guy, you know, and a camera and Rami, and they just kept doing takes over and over again.
5: They kept filling in the frame, and I just, at, in between takes, I would just say, like, "Hey guys, like, I'd love to." Show you around and tell you all about the story. Stay back for this take, and they would move back as soon as they call action. Everybody comes right. uh, It is what it is. They're staring at the billboard in front of the camera.
3: (laughs) How much? um, What? One of the wow moments from the from the pilot was uh, Elliot's drug use, which we you don't dwell on a lot how much are we going to see of that how integral is that in, in, in to Elliot's character
4: well it is integral because you know it's not we're, i'm not being um i don't want to be coy about his disorder he he definitely has um you know some issues and you know specifically anti you know antisocial uh disorder or social anxiety disorder and th- those are real problems that people Uh, deal with by medicating themselves um so i we we don't i don't shy away from it but i i you know i don't it's not an indulgent thing um we just make it um we we address it actually in the in the first season head-on so
3: um is there i think we have time for one more question
4: i guess this question is uh
3: that are pointed towards sam you mentioned, like, the financial market, kind of the breakdown of that and how people were kind of upset. And you see Christian's uh, character that kind of mentions, like, how debt controls the majority of people. But also he has a capability from a technical standpoint to kind of inter- intertwine there. From, like, I guess season one to maybe season five, what do you kind of see the audience taking away from this? Or what do you expect the audience to take away from this?
4: Um, well, this is <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to give you a long-winded answer, keep but it, all it, might, it might, might require one. But I'll, I'll just try and keep it simple. In that, you know, the the world economy. Oh God! Now, now, here we go. Ah, here we go. <laughs> I'm already there. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's it's. Uh, I just I just want a conversation about. It. I just don't think I think people are not. There's like some quote that Henry Ford said a million years ago, which is, I'm going to screw up the quote now, which is if people around the world really knew how banks and monetary systems work, there'd be a revolution before tomorrow morning. And it is just a, a really, really, the system that is even set up from the get-go was, this is Henry Ford, this is like in the 30s or whatever. Um, it's a rigged system. It, I mean, and there's not even like a question that it's rigged. And we have been all going along with it because it kind of works, and now we're seeing we're hitting up against the points where it doesn't work at all, and that just happened in 08. Who knows if it'll happen again? But I think a conversation about that, I think, I I think, is a very relevant one.
3: I want to thank you all. I think we're out of time. I want to thank you all, and and congratulations on the pilot. Also, everybody here from the Tribeca Film Festival, thank you. It was these panels been amazing. Thank you. And USA and
4: Anonymous. This has been Tribeca Film Festival live from WNYC.
3: This concludes our series. If you've been listening to these podcasts, thank you so much. And until next year, Rachel and I will go back to doing our day jobs.
1: Dang it.